Hello and welcome to the Scriptures in Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have helped them become more real to us because we think that helps us draw more power out of the scriptures and we need that power. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and I'm so excited for our guest today. Uh, we have with us Lori Denning, who is a twin sister to Lisa, our, our sponsor. And uh, Lori is, uh, I've just learned, is a VP of operations for a company, but also uh, is working on a PhD at uh, Claremont. Uh, Claremont Graduate School in California, a place I've been a number of times. It's a great school. And uh, she ha- is, has been working quite a bit on some uh, elements of the New Testament in that PhD. I think you told me you were just finishing a final on the, the Gospel of Philip, which is not a gospel that our uh, audience would be familiar <laughs> with, but but uh, yeah. a, a New Testament study piece nonetheless. So welcome, uh, Lori, and please tell us about yourself. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Gary. I'm super excited to be here. I, You guys, I'm a super big fan. So this is like... Um, I'm kind of geeking out because Carrie is one of my all-time heroes of ancient scripture. So, so I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah, so I am a twin. I'm an identical twin, but I uh, grew up in San Diego. I live in the Salt Lake area now, and I do work in operations day to day, doing some adjuncting at the BYU. And then also uh, I uh, am doing graduate, so I went back to school. I did a master's in theology at Gonzaga. And then I'm about halfway through my coursework at Claremont doing basically what we call Hebrew Bible, so Old Testament. And um, and you get a lot of uh, Christian scripture or New Testament in there, too, as uh, those are the, the non-LDS terms for those. And then, uh, yeah, and so that's what I do because I love it and it's my exciting. And I uh, just did a book. I did a book on the Old Testament um, for just very, you know, fun kind of way to look at the books. And then uh, the New Testament's coming out. Uh, in January 2023, so just uh, right around now, on the New yeah, Testament. So, so we just went through this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you have a book coming out then just within weeks. Uh, yeah, believe, yeah, right? yeah, just, yeah, I think it's like two weeks from now. I, I don't have the final date, and it's called this Real is- Heroes of the New Testament, because I like, I, I love the name of the podcast, because I think one of the things scriptures can seem so sometimes kind of heavy, uh, hard to understand, the King James is, you know, kind of, uh, I feel like we should be walking slowly whenever we read it, you know, in our <laughs> English sense. And 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 those people were very real people, and they made mistakes, and and God loved and used them anyway. And so yes. I like to see those because they're not that perfect. And uh, so that's what it's about is some of the the real people. It's only like seven people uh, that I talk about, um, but we talk about somebody's introduction of the New Testament, the Marys and Elizabeths, and and yeah. So so that's kind of the thing. So real heroes uh, by me. That's coming out. Perfect. Yeah. And, and uh, we're recording this about two weeks before it will be uh, airing. So the book should be coming out right about when uh, when anyone is listening to this. So Real Heroes of the New Testament by Laurie Denning. Go go look for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a quick read and it's even got sassy personality in it. So hopefully it is. <laughs> you don't have to read it with an English accent or walk it down, walk around sedately while you do it. Reverently walking. So you can. You can walk with this the San Diego walk is what you can. You can. Do. It's kind of a strut or a. I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe a skip occasionally. Yeah, something yeah. like yeah. that. With so. the surfboard on the side. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, fantastic. And I think that uh, some of what we're talking about today stems from some of your research in there, if I understand correctly. So. Yeah, I think so. So one of the things I like to look at is um, looking at kind of the big picture of scripture. So I grew up. You know, I went to early morning seminary. I served an L, I served a mission in uh, Barcelona, Spain. And, you know, institute the whole thing. And and one of the things we do really well is look at scripture in kind of a small piece. So you think of it, I'm going to read a chapter today, 
a verse or even just a phrase. And then we just pick it apart. And then one thing we do great is application, right? How can I apply that? But a lot of times I've, I've seen that the books are written more like a book. It has a beginning, a middle, an end. They're picking certain elements of the story. You know, you think of the Gospel of John and it only has the seven miracles, seven signs. And uh, because he's trying to teach us something about Christ. He's not trying to show us a movie of his every step. But sometimes we forget that and we do what I call Franken scripture or a harmony, right? We squish them all together and try to get a chrono chronology. But Luke didn't write it like that or Matthew or whomever. And so I think if we look at what they're trying to show and kind of stay in the the story, their big picture story, sometimes you're like, wow, I didn't realize that they were highlighting something about the savior right there. So, so that's kind of what I look at as kind of that storyline and uh, why that kind of tells us something about Christ. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, and I, I think in particular, as we're starting out here, that uh, there's some things that you notice about uh, some of the, the women and the families that we meet right at the beginning of the story that uh, became pretty real to you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's always fun when you find a, a character that you really relate with and in the story of Luke, right? So we think of the Luke and the nativity story. That's all the, um, the, the humble people and it's Matthew that are all the rich kingly people, right? So I always think uh, Matthew's the kind of the kingly approach. So it's King Herod and, uh, and those in that, the, you know, the Magi and the gifts. And, and so it's this, you know, kind of, big pick, uh, I don't know, the rich people of the world are talking, but in about kind of the downtrodden, the, the, the little guy, you know, the, the guy that you don't really think about all the time, which, you know, is me, <laughs> I'm not the king or the queen. And so, so you, that's where you meet the, you know, the barren women and you meet the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the sex worker or the uh, person that's a Gentile or whatever that makes them a little the shepherds. But yet shepherds, that's a good example. Shepherds, right? I was thinking, it's like the guy at Jiffy Loop, you know, they're yeah. a hardworking guy, but not the, not the guy you would meet at the palace is the uh, yeah. shepherd. Yeah. So yeah. Jiffy Loop, but I think Jiffy Loop. But uh, yeah, so I think the women, so you see something where we introduce the story of Luke and he's going to start out the story with a bang, right? If you're going to start a story, you're going to start it out with just, whoa. And he does kind of that prologue, like, hey, everyone, I know there are other gospels, but I'm going to do this gospel. And I've gotten these stories. And then he begins. And he's going to do this kind of back and forth story with the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and then back to Mary. And then it kind of flips back and forth and flips back and forth. And it's getting more intense. And we get all of these songs. So Zachariah is going to sing a song. Mary's going to sing a song. The angels are going to tear open the heavens. They're going to sing a song. And so there's there's just this excitement. And uh, sometimes it gets boiled down that you, I think you miss it. But those, to answer a question, which I didn't answer, is those women are really relatable. And for me, of course, Mary, right? Um, if I picked a heroine or a hero, the one that was going to be one of the most heroic in all of history, I don't know. I don't know if I, I if I picked a hero, I don't know that I would have picked an unwed Galilean teenager, right? Yeah. I, that's just not who you would pick. And yet it's the message of Christ, you know, with Christ, he can make us more, he can make us what we can be. So he picks this unwed teenager and, uh, and she sings, you know, uh, so I'll do, I always do it with my, you know, you're like, you always think of Mary with just very sedate, but it's kind of a rebel song, right? She is, she's going to sing this song and she's going to say, finally, 
the downtrodden and the little guy and the guy who's been kicked in the head is going to be victorious, you know, and, and Carrie, I mean, who doesn't love that, right? Like we're all that guy, we're all the little guy and we're like, yay, you know, someone's finally on my side. So I, anyway, so I'm rambling, but I, I think the story of Mary being that little guy, little gal who, who the Lord lifts up and makes great is one that I can really relate to. And one I am very hopeful will will continue to happen to me uh, with the help of the savior. That's fantastic. And I, I do love, uh, I mean, you're right. I I would guess that Mary felt that way to begin with. Nazareth is a teeny little out of the way place and uh, it's the backwater of of the poorest place of whatever else. Right. Um, And so she probably felt that way to begin with, but then, when she's uh, suddenly going to be an unwed mother in a place where that is really not okay. Um, I, I, I would guess she is looking for someone who will stick up for the little guy. Yeah. Yeah. And especially the little guy is doing the right thing. You know, Yeah. she, she jumps in on this. She says, you know, whatever you want, Lord. Um, and, and that one must've been really hard. And I'm guessing for the rest of her life, right. Let alone to see him. Um, crucified, but just to be that unwed mother in Nazareth for the rest of your life and that reputation would um, follow you. And you're like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. And, uh, and, and so I think it's such a testimony though, why, why she was chosen because it's the message of the savior. You know, I, I choose the humble and it's only through me that you're really elevated. All this other stuff is fluff. And, and, uh, and so it's such a testimony uh, because it is the testimony of the role of, of the Lord in our lives. But she is, yeah, she's backwater, unwed teenager. <laughs> that's a pretty bad, that's a pretty bad set of combos even today, but uh, then would have been pretty tough, pretty rough. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I like that story about her. I like the story of even Zachariah, right? He's this pre old priest. And so she, you know, Luke does this, I kind of think of it like flip-flopping or it's like a funnel and it's going to, get, you know, faster and faster. So we would probably tell a story, right? Where we would tell a story of all of the story of Mary or all of the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And, and what Luke does is switch them back and forth and then quickly starts flipping faster and faster, right? A little bit of this story, a little bit of that story. And, and I think it's because it's that funnel is narrowing and things are speeding up. And so we're starting to feel the intensity is then and dun, 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 the birth, right? So he's using that narrative technique and, and again, if it, you read it, try it again. I mean, read that Luke one story again uh, before you get to Luke two, you know, the nativity before you, and you see their stories and you see Zachariah, the old priest, his wife, Elizabeth, uh, which is, you know, Aaron, the priest Aaron's wife, uh, wife's name. So they're like the super Israelites, you know, or the, the Levite, they are just representative of their people. And he's old and he's just doing what he's supposed to, and he's faithful and they're great. And they need a blessing too. Where's the Lord for the people that stayed true. And then, you know, then they're going to get a miracle birth and then Mary's going to get a miracle birth. And, and, uh, and we're like, Ooh, that sounds like an old Testament story of these miracle births, but, but that idea of that. And so I, it, it highlights how they're the same. It's how they're different. And, uh, and we call that a type scene, but anyway, so that's, that's kind of, uh, what I think appeals to me first is how those two stories are juxtaposed, funnel together, get more intense and help us see how they're alike and how we're like them. So. Very good. Yeah. And, yeah. and talk about, uh, you know, that kind of Old Testament types and so on that yeah. were, 
you know, we're transitioning right now from the Old Testament, but you can see these strong themes that the, especially the Gospels, a little bit less all the epistles, but the, the Gospels really are set in this. It's it's a different world with the Romans and, and uh, you know, the Pharisees and so on. Uh, so it's different in many ways, but it still has this very much Old Testament culture and setting. And yeah. and you get feelings like a, a couple of themes that have been really strong in the Old Testament that we're seeing now, as you said, the, the barren uh, woman who is, uh, Elizabeth is much like Sarah. Yeah. Right? The, uh, I mean, yeah. too old to have a child. This is what they always wanted. Where's the covenant blessing for us? We've been doing everything you ask. Where, where is that for us? And we yeah. all feel that way at times. And uh, and then this theme of uh, Jehovah relieving the oppressed or standing up for the little guy that can't stand up for himself. That's that is a really common theme in the Old Testament. It's all over in Isaiah. Uh, yeah. It's all over in, in Zechariah. I mean, it's it's all yeah. over the place. And um, so I, I, I love seeing that starting out here. And, and hopefully we're feeling like, OK, this isn't a different story. We're just transitioning. Right. Mm. It's all the same story. Mm. Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. And I do think you're right. You've put up two things that I really like in that, uh, Carrie. And the one is that type scene, right? That thing you think it's like Sarah. And then who, what we should be thinking of, and where's another story of a covenant uh, pair, right? A, a covenant uh, family who could not have a child. And you're like, well, Sarah, right? Sarah and Abraham. And then you're like, well, and, you know, Rebecca and Isaac, they, they took a long time. Well, and then Rachel and Jacob. Yeah. And then it's, and then, uh, you know, Hannah, Hannah and then yeah. it just goes on and on. And you're like, wait a minute, we're all the women barren in this stories. But I think the, the auth gospel authors are trying to show us that the promise of the covenant and that in the, one of the evidence, right, is, is families, posterity, and they're not having it. So only through this miraculous thing, right? And so Sarah couldn't have it. She was too old. Rebecca couldn't, but then it was a miracle. It was twins, right? So they're the same, a little different. And then Rachel couldn't, Rachel couldn't, Rachel couldn't. And then we get Joseph, right? And then, um, and then you're like, okay, so you read once upon a time, kind of like this, there was an old lady and there was a great couple and they couldn't have a child. And you're like, wait a minute, I've yeah. heard this story. And uh, one of the things I like is to contrast them and say, well, they are alike, but how are they different? Well, they all needed a miracle. Well, how is, how is Zachariah and uh, Elizabeth going to, how are they going to have a family? And, uh, and then they have this miracle, John the Baptist. But for Mary, it's even more miraculous. Yeah. Right? They were old or just something. She hadn't even been with man. So you're like, this is really a miracle. It must be God, right? And all yeah. of those patterns just point to him, just point to him. And you go, oh, oh, those contrasts, the compare and contrast are really teaching me something about the savior, right? About him, that only through him are those covenants going to come only through him are those blessings of posterity going to come only through him. Um, do we become what we can best be? And so you're like, wow, I know this story. I know this story. So yeah, so I love that part about it, right? It's the pattern of the barren woman. So yeah. yeah I, and I love what you're saying, uh, where we have this idea, like many of us feel like, okay, I've been keeping the covenant where are my covenant blessings like mm. Sarah or uh, Elizabeth are feeling like, I, why am I not getting my covenant blessings? And often the timing is not what we would like and it requires a miracle, but the greatest of covenant blessings requires the greatest miracle. And yeah. that will start with this. You say like the impossibility of Mary having yeah. a child when she hasn't known a man, that's impossible according to how we understand things. 
and uh, and the impossibility of Christ conquering death and hell, right? I mean, those are just impossible. Uh, and yet God is ready to do the greatest miracle of all in order to give us those great covenant blessings. Wow, that's true. I like how you always tie in the covenant. I mean, I, I know you, Carrie, and you yeah, focus yeah. on the covenant. Um, but you do, you start to see it say, but how are those, you know, it's, it is interesting. I think we can all have a moment where we say, but I'm trying so hard. I'm not perfect, but I don't, why does the bad guy win, right? Why does the little guy get kicked when we're down? I'm just doing the good thing. And where are my covenant blessings? And it's such, you know, I have hope. You're like, boy, if this person who can have a child at 90 or, or uh, I can have a, a child with whatever, you know, whatever my blessing is. And if that can happen, surely my, my blessings are pretty easy to, uh, to give me. I'm like, that's, that gives me a lot of hope. And, uh, and if he can do the impossible death and hell, well, then I'm, I'm in, you know, I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I'm signing up. So I like, I like you tie it to the blessings. I think that's, uh, that's interesting. That thread definitely goes through, doesn't it? From our last year to this year's study. So, yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Well, there's some other things you see as we look at these first families or. Oh, you know, one of the things, uh, that's, that's the point. I like the use of the uh, different songs. So I know I mentioned songs and I bet there's yeah. more than one that's going, there's a song in there. <laughs> They sing a song. Mary sings a song, um, and and you're like, well, I saw the video. I saw the video. You know, she's singing. I think that's uh, Psalm 29 or whatever they have her sing in the video, church video. But um, yeah, there there are these poems in the King James, right? There's there's no formatting to kind of show us in North America that it's a poem, but they're a poem, and it it even says, you know, like Zachariah breaks out into it. You know, when he he uh, when John is like, no, his name's John, and then he finally sings. So he sends the a benedictus, where we call it, right? The Latin for blessed is. And yes. then she sings the song of the Magnificat, you know, Magnificent. And and uh, thanks for the Latin, everybody. But um, but I think why a poem, right? Why a song? Um, and, and they're breaking out the song. He's singing, she's singing, the heavens are singing. And, you know, we're at Christmas, we're singing. And I think about how songs can invoke more emotion you know a story can tell us what it means this is what happened here was where they were but a song tells us how the emotion it brings us it brings us into the story a song changes the way we think and it engages us in our hearts and souls and brings us into the story and so only like a song can be holy enough for those events so so you know zachariah breaks out into the song and and, and you could just feel it that what what else would you do this is such a miracle you know the messiah is finally here and and uh mary you know like power to the little guy finally coming so i love that and i had never seen that before carrie growing up because it looks like it's a verse to, or it's just you know a chapter and i'm just reading along and i don't really realize it's a poem and i don't really like poems i never understand them you know and so i i like that do you um you're not a poetry guy though are you Oh, I, I love uh, poetry. And when I was younger, I actually wrote a lot of poetry, but I never had time for it anymore. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When I was in high school, I did quite a bit. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, do you think there's a reason it's in poetry and it's, in, you know, and any of that? Or, yeah, or is, it, fact, is it a song? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think it is. It's a, a song. And again, this is this is typical Old Testament culture that you break out into some kind of poetic song, you know, like they did after they cross over the Red Sea yeah. and, and so on. Right. You just. Uh, or when Deborah uh, delivers, uh, well, Deborah and Barak deliver them from uh, the the Canaanites and so on. Uh, you break out into song to commemorate it, 
and and there really is something about um that more powerful kind of verse that stirs our emotions and and speaks to what we are are really feeling right so uh that, that's why a lot of times songs really touch us because we're like that that's what i'm feeling what what that yeah. person just said is what i'm feeling or uh i have a friend in fact he's the the guy who uh does the music for this podcast who just sent us a little uh, poem he did for christmas and i was like wow that's the best christmas poem i've read but it was uh uh it, it moved me more deeply than if he just said you know i really appreciate this and this and this and this and this about uh, mary and jesus and so on it it that that power of words just really somehow stirs us and makes us empathize yeah yeah i think you're right it when it I mean, all of my favorite songs are the things I care about, right? So yeah. whether it's, um, you know, someone I love or, uh, you know, if I'm a country star, losing my pickup truck is very distraught, yeah. you know, very whatever. But uh, you it, you do engage on an emotional level on um, something deeper, different um, than you do just telling a story or, or, you know, reading the newspaper or whatever. And and so I, I love that. I love the pattern you pointed out, though. I didn't think about that. You know, the song of the sea and Exodus and all those that you were going. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, they do do that a lot. And I I just think if we took our most spiritual experiences and tried to explain them, right? I think we all kind of stumble through it. Well, I felt ah, I was just really, um, you know, my mind felt this way. And I was thinking these things. And then I felt a certain way. It's just really hard to describe how those events happen to us. Yeah. Um but I think a song does a, a much better job getting closer than uh, me rambling through it. And uh, and so I just love that, that Luke starts out with, man, there's, and then of course the heavens just tear open, you know, you just can't even, yeah. can't even keep them back, you know, it's so exciting. And I think, wow, this is an exciting story. Kind of like a musical, reminds me of a Broadway musical, right? I'm walking along and now I'm singing, I'm singing. And uh, so, yeah, so, and I love that about Luke and I, you guys, I feel silly, but I didn't know that until just a few years ago. I was like, that's a song? <laughs> so I'm just telling you, hey, go read it again. It's a song. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe we can just read like uh, a couple lines real quickly from what's often referred to as the Magnificat, as you yeah. said. So we're in Luke 1. Uh, and, and I'm just read a couple lines from Elizabeth and a couple from Mary. Uh, Elizabeth okay. starts in verse 2. And she spake out with a loud voice. Uh, so this is not just, you know, normal. That, that That's your clue that she's saying this in a different way um, and said, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me? The mother of my Lord should come to me uh, and lo for as for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Right? That's just beautiful language. And then you get Mary says, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And that's like the quintessential description of Mary. Uh-huh. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Right? Uh, and for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. It's just, it, it really is beautiful stuff. And I hope that our audience is able to hear the, the, the power behind those and the poetry behind those. Yeah, I usually have to sit. Um, thank you for bringing it up. I, I think I have to sit with it a little bit. Like and break it down, maybe use a different translation sometimes. Um, to kind of get into the, what are they saying? And I, and I love that, you know, my soul magnifies the Lord. Um, I love towards the end, um, this is where I think it's, it's kind of the uh, 51, 52, 53, the verse um, where he's shown, 
he has shown strength, you know, with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination. I think I'm actually in the NSRB, sorry. And uh, oh, the proud that's just right. Okay, and the imagination of their heart. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He's come to the aid of his children, Israel, in remembrance and mercy, according to the promises he made to the ancestors, to Abraham and his de descendants forever. I, that's the part I always feel like there should be like a victory salute. It's it's not that meek. It's not the little meek Mary I thought about. I felt like this was like a, a, a power ballad, like a, a women's power ballad, you know, that he is he is showing his arm. He's finally stepping in and it's finally here. And I, I, uh, boy, I, I do. I, I think if I drew a picture of Mary, it would be more with the power ballad stance than the meek Yosho, you know, with the little drape over her head and that she is very humble. Um, but, but I love that because it speaks to me. I, I need, I need someone to be on my side. <laughs> I need someone to, to, to help me out and to, uh, and take down the powerful and help the humble like me. And and there she's singing. I'm like, that's a, that is a powerful, powerful yeah. little verses. Yeah. Yeah. What do you she think? really is saying like, finally, finally, the, the salvation we're looking for is happening. Now, I, I don't know. We can't read Mary's mind, but I would guess just reading that, that Mary is probably of a similar mindset that we will review again and again and again, as we go through the New Testament, a similar mm -hmm. mindset to most Galileans, which yeah. is that they're looking for, uh, a deliverer to come and deliver them from all sorts of stuff. I think they're tired of living in poverty and whatever else, but also deliverance from Rome and mm -hmm. uh, and all of the things that are unfair in their lives. But probably uh, Rome is uh, near the top of their list. <laughs> it's got to be a top list. Yeah, it's yeah. A, definitely not somebody who was celebrating the Roman occupation on a daily basis yeah. for everybody. And I think we all live in that, right? There are times where you're like, yeah, we would we're pretty blessed, you know, for most of us probably. And, and, uh, but there are things that you're like, yeah, I, you know, I have sickness. I, I, uh, sometimes it's hard being a saint, you know, in, in this world, um, we certainly have bad things happen to us. People cut us off in the freeway, whatever it is, you know, really big things, really little things. And we can say they definitely needed some rescuing, you know, they definitely felt it and they were the little guy you know, and who doesn't root for the little guy? So, so I think that, and she's, she's kind of the littlest of the little, I mean, yeah. we kind of went through that at the beginning, right? I think, boy, you just would not pick, you would not pick an unwed Galilean teenager as your, as your star character in any story ever, you know, it would just be like, no, no way. That's the, that's the least probable hero. And there she is. And, uh, and then she's like, finally, you know, someone's going to save, save us uh, temporally and spiritually. So, so yeah, you power ballad, Carrie, it's power ballad. I just feel yeah. like you're going to, yeah. you know, sit, get my guitar out and start singing it. Cause it just <laughs> feels like there's hope and, and he's coming and he's here. And I think who can't relate to that, right? We can all relate yeah. to that. Yeah. And, and I love that contrast you're speaking of. I know Ken Brown, who's worked for so long on the book of Luke. He always starts it out by saying, okay, you, you look uh, after the introduction where, okay, I'm going to write this Theophilus and so on. Yeah. You get verse five where Luke talks about the days of King Herod uh, yeah. and, and so on. But then you're immediately jumping into, well, and there's a priest. And <laughs> yeah. He can't have children, right? So you go from this big, big, powerful to, well, and our story is actually about the normal person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of stories like that. Um, I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking of it kind of like, um, all right. So 
sorry for the this example, but not sorry, Star Wars, right? right. So Star Wars starts out and all but about one of them, right? They have that that yellow crawl of the world. And it's yeah. always, that yellow crawl is always like the big story, the empire, the trade federation, something big is going on. And then you're like, da, 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 and the music. And then it goes, bing. And the first scene's like Luke farming, you know, or something like yeah. just yeah. Uh, and so I think of uh, Gideon, you know, in Judges. Yeah. And, it was, and then there's Gideon in the wine press hiding out. And so you're like, how, how are these two, this big picture theme and this little picture theme related? They're the same story. Big picture theme, little picture. So it's like Herod and Judea. There's Zachariah and his wife. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's just, just like Star Wars. Star Wars stolen, I'm sure. But um. And I think that is the story of our life. We are part of the big picture, right? That's right. We are the big picture. The the God of the universe is involved with us today on whatever I'm worried about. And and so you're like, I like this Luke, right? Luke, this book is going to be for me. <laughs> this book yep. is going to be about you know people who just didn't were ready for help, didn't really know how it was going to happen, but they were ready and humble and and excited about it. And so you're like, okay. Luke, I get your theme. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. You know, I'm going to keep reading. So, yep. no, that's yeah. great. And I, and I love, I hadn't ever really thought of this before, but as you were saying that, it made me think of something that uh, you, you get the big picture. It's Herod and Zacharias. And Zacharias really has no connection with Herod, right? Yeah. There, there's not a connection. No. No. But you get God of the universe and me. And I do have yeah. a connection. There's, yeah. there's an intimate connection that he has initiated that he wants to be very much present for and part of and uh and so uh we are intimately tied to the the biggest character in this universe's story yeah yeah we are you couldn't get bigger right when i thought herod was in charge and it was oppressive it's it's the greatest one-upper right (laughs) like well god's here yeah and and i i think you, that's interesting. That's interesting, Carrie. I, it reminds me of, I think, why he picks the humblest, right? Why he picks these like miraculous births, why things that only he could do. So there's no doubt of his involvement. Yeah. So you're like, only he could do this miracle. So you're like, God must be here. And um, and so it's they well, are right? dark contrasts. <laughs> so yeah, wow. Yeah, that's cool. I like, I bring that. That's really interesting. And I think Luke does that. That's the whole story, right? We're going to see every story is a person who is a little marginalized, um, maybe not run the mill. Well, I'm sorry, more run of the mill, not, you know, not, I don't know, super fancy, not the most educated um, or just doing their thing. And he's going to choose them. You know, he's going to choose the fishermen. He's going to choose, um, the tax collector. He's going to choose the sex worker. He's going to choose um, the the you know the good Samaritan. All those stories, all the stories of the the marginalized person seem like they all come there because he's just reinforcing he's on your side. This song is the theme of like the whole book of Luke, right? He's gonna his arms extended. It's out there, and he's supporting a little guy. Oh, like you. <laughs> A little guy he's on my side and yeah. i'm like this is gonna be great yeah i don't know that just made me super excited i'm like oh yay and i was just thinking through some of the stories coming up you know and they are a lot of stories of of people who were just trying to do the right thing 
you yeah. know, or not, not always even, or maybe not all the time. <laughs> You're like, well, I really blew it. I really blew it. You know, yeah. a lot of times they're actually someone who at some point kind of gave up on uh, trying to do the right thing, but they're, they're trying again. Yeah. Like they would like to not give up on themselves, but they're, they're close to their kind of a thing. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Luke does the road trip too. I mean, if I think of the, I like the structure of the whole book, kind of see how the whole book, right? So he's going to spend a bunch of time in Galilee and then he's, he picks his disciples and then they go. And I think of like the, the road trip of training. <laughs> so he's going to get disciples and you're going to get these chapters, uh, you know, that are just things that, you know, we start from the Mount of Transfiguration, get all the way down there. We're going to end with the story of Martha and Mary and the Lord's prayer. Right. So that's the road trip section. And then, and then the, uh, the last week, right? So the Passion Week. And 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 those stories are people learning to be, you know, they're going to send them out. They're going to learn this and they're going to fail most of the time. <laughs> they're just going to not get how to do some of this stuff. And it's this disciple training program, it feels like. And so he shows up, you know, Mary's son shows up. He's going to take them on this training program and uh, and they don't always get it. You know, they're like, yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I, I thought that I should be able to cast that guy out. And you're like, well, you know, you didn't get it. And um, so just what you said, the people who failed, the people who maybe were willing to try again, the people who needed a second chance and and the, the confidence that the Lord hadn't cast them out, right? Hadn't just said, forget it with you. And I'm sure if, if you were an Israelite, you would have felt like he's forgotten us. You know, we, yeah. we just keep getting kicked and kicked and kicked. And uh, how bad could it be? You know, is this paid for by yet? And then he's like, oh yeah, it is. And uh, and I'm just gonna be here shoulder to shoulder with you. And and you're it's okay. Don't worry about all that old stuff. Let me show you a better way. And uh and so Luke, man, Luke just has such a hopeful theme that those people seem very real to me and very like me. Uh, I can feel more confident in my failings that I can bring them to the Lord and and be like, well. I'm kind of like that guy, you know? So, so I, Luke seems like just a very hopeful book for me. Um, yeah. And because of those Marys and Zacharias and everybody else we're going to meet. And we certainly need that today. So we do. <laughs> we do. Well, Carrie, I do. I, I already commented how you're like one of my scripture heroes. So just don't ruin my theme. Just stay up there on the pedestal. We, we all have uh, families and friends and lives that uh, have all sorts of adventures in them. So uh, we, we all do. So yeah, uh, it's, our com it's our common motif, right? <laughs> so, yep. yeah. So that's, so that's what we came here for. Yeah. I tell myself that some days. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at least I say, Hey, I got the big guy on my side. So as long as I keep him there and, and do what I can, um, that's faith, you know, that's hope. And and I, it's easy to see a group of Galilean peasants or people that had uh, even, you know, the Roman centurion, any of these people who had just struggled like we struggle and say, he came for you, you know, he, he's here for you and me. And, and it becomes a very real savior. They're real. Uh, we're real. And, and, the, and, you know, all, all the gospels make, make them very, I mean, people like I just have in my ward or. I'm going to meet at the grocery store. I mean, they just seem like really normal people. And I, uh, and I like that. Some of the, some of the big heroes of the old Testament, you know, you know, whether it's David or, you know, Goliath, some of these guys, you're like, I don't know that I relate to those all the time. Um, but I can relate to the little guy 
And so I, I love them. I love, I love Mary, um, even Elizabeth. I'm just doing the right thing. And, uh, and finally, these blessings are here. You know, everything I've ever wanted. And all I did was do the right thing my whole life. <laughs> and finally, here's baby John. So they're just, it's really a hopeful book, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. What do, what do you think, Carrie? Um, what's your take on the beginning of Luke? Uh, well, it's ex exactly what we've been talking about. And I think we'll see the same thing as we get to Luke 2. It starts out with, you know, you've got Caesar and the governor and all this stuff. And then and there's Joseph and Mary and they're going down <laughs> to Bethlehem. Right. So uh, yeah. I think we keep getting those contrasts. And um, as as you said, uh, I, I mean, I love Zacharias's uh, poem as well. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the horn of salvation that he talks about and so on. But I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm with you. This uh, gets me excited for the book of Luke and for the whole uh, New Testament. And I, I love the, uh, the, the take you're giving us a way to look at this, that um, most of the people we are going to read about will yeah. we'll have mentions of Pilate and of uh, Herod and other Herods, his sons, sure. and uh, Roman centurions and so on. But mostly we're talking about Peter, the fisherman who's trying to figure it out, and mm -hmm. uh, and his fisherman friends, and the tax collector who everybody hates, Matthew, and uh, <laughs> right because everyone hates tax collectors, and um, uh, the zealot, and so on. So I mean, uh, Mary Magdalene. We're just we're just finding the normal people, the people who uh, can't often can't make ends meet. The Savior's stories are going to be full of uh, people who. Uh, couldn't pay their debts and were in prison or didn't have food or didn't have clothing. Uh, those are the people that we're going to meet uh, in this story uh, of the New Testament. And uh, that's uh, hopefully we can make it even more real for us. Yeah. I do, can I introduce one more thought? Yes, please do. There's, so I know we're going a little bit away from Mary, but Luke, one of the things I love about Luke is a technique called framing narrative. And it's just a fancy, you know, it's the nerd word um, for they're going to kind of start a story and end a story with a similar theme, right? And so Mark has a famous one where it's the story where the blind man and the Lord say uh, um, heals his blindness. And then he's like, I can't quite see, right? It, it's still blurry. And I can see like men walking around with trees. And then he heals him again. And you're like, that's weird. Why would the Lord need to heal someone twice? And you're like, blind man healed twice. Then he goes through five different stories of people, of the disciples, not, not, understanding things then they end the story with a similar story of another blind man who's healed and so you're like wait and then he's the first one in that book to say you're the um you're the messiah you're the son of god and and so the blind man is the first one to see him they're like mm -hmm. oh the irony but that framing narrative of blind guy blind guy and again the first story meeting twice they're not going to see it at first right they're not going to get it and so it's okay if we don't always quite understand how the savior is going to work in our life and how the gospel works and how it fits in the world and how testimony, they didn't get it either. And that's the story. And Luke does the same thing. There's a famous story we all know of um, Mary. It, it's a, it's, you know, 13 year old Jesus. It's the only teenage genius, Jesus, right? They're at the temple. They go for Passover, if I remember right. And and uh, so it's busy and they all, the Galileans are all there. And then they're, you know, the caravan's going home and they go for a number, they go for a day. And then they're like, where's Jesus? And they're like, well, I thought he was with you. I'm paraphrasing. And then they rush back and for three days. So they're on a road for three days. They can't find him. 
then they find him and we know the story, right? He was teaching in the temple and he says, um, you know, I had to be about my father's business. And it says they went away kind of confused. It says Mary and Joseph went away kind of confused. Then you've got basically the whole book of Luke. And then the, what my favorite story, and maybe the whole book of Luke is the road to Emmaus. You're mm -hmm. on a road. It's been three days after the Savior's death. And that's where the disciples are walking and the Lord shows up, right? When he says, Luke 24, hey, what are you guys talking about? What are you, the only guy in town that doesn't know? There was this guy, he was, we thought he was the Savior. And then they killed him. And then like even our, like our women, our wives said they saw him and we're walking home. It's been the craziest thing. And no way could that guy be the Savior. I mean, it was, we, we had high hopes, but no. And he's like, no, you guys. And then he does the best Bible study ever, right? He shows them in the scriptures. Gets all the way home. Three, you know, it's been three days on a road. They're confused. They don't see him. Wait, this sounds like that other story. Yeah. So the story at the beginning, the road of three days, the road of framing narrative, right? Front and back. Right. And you say they didn't get it. And then they have the sacrament and bam, they see him. And I think it's a theme that Luke's going to say, this story is about people who didn't, he wasn't what they expected. Hmm. And they weren't quite ready for everything. And these were, this is Peter, right? This is Mary. I mean, these are top guys. If they didn't get it, don't be worried if you don't get it either, right at first. So that technique of showing that framing narratives is going to give us that theme. And I think that that's great. We can really see what's happening. We can feel connected to the story that we might be confused as disciples at time, that we may need some training. And I, um, and so I just think, you know, we're going to blow right past it, maybe not see that those stories are parallel. And Luke's going to try to do that his whole book. So we've got Mary as the little guy, and we've got, hey, disciples aren't always going to see him at first completely. So that's a story for me because that's me. If there's anybody that's doing that, Carrie, it's me. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic, actually, introduction to Luke in general and, and to our lives in general. So uh, that's, that's a perfect way to end. I appreciate it that and hopefully uh, that helps uh, everyone in our audience both appreciate Mary and Elizabeth better and the miracle of the coming of the Savior better and uh, our connection with God and uh, and prepares us to get more out of our New Testament study this year. So uh, hopefully it's been helpful for you and you can help someone else. And uh, I just want to say thanks, Lori, and uh, have a great day. Okay, thanks, Gary. Yeah. See everybody soon. Thanks.